0: Hi, this is Rich. And this is Kyle. Welcome to episode 58 of Tune The Metal, a podcast where we take a deep dive into a rock or metal album and see if we can learn something. This week, it's Avenged Sevenfold by Avenged Sevenfold. Let's get into it. seem to be doing all the self-titles this season. Yeah,
1: you do. It's your job. We'll make sure that's how it falls
0: every time. <laughs> yeah. Um, How are you, Kyle?
1: I'm absolutely fine, Rich. Uh, You know, enjoying the weekend. I was just talking to you off air. We had some friends around yesterday, played some games, which was lovely. Uh, and yeah, I yeah. went into, nipped into town to see uh, some Jesse's family who were, who were in town for a couple of days today. So yeah, Fantastic. just had a wander around the harbour. Yeah, all good. All good. Not looking forward to going back to work tomorrow. Wee. Way...
0: Of course, of course. How are you? I'm all right, thank you. Um, I mean, last time we spoke on air, um, we were speaking about Soundgarden and then we said we were going to an escape room. So I'm sure all our listeners have just been holding their breath yeah. for a week to see if we actually come back or if that was just the end of yeah, everything. Yeah, that's
1: it. End of the podcast. And, uh,
0: you know, obviously I'm I'm happy to say we did escape, didn't we?
1: We, I mean, not only that, I, I would say we, we smashed it, might be a good way to put it, the... Yes. The people that yeah, ran the escape did. room were very surprised that we managed to get out. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, three, I mean, with three of us as well. You know, it's not like we had a big team.
1: No, exactly. Yeah, we had almost the doing the, the hardest room yeah. at the
0: place. And yeah, we did very well. It was one of those things, though, that you, uh, you know, we, we talked about things that we like, things that we don't like in an escape room beforehand. And uh, they did do that slightly annoying thing of giving you clues before you ask for them. Yes. they just there's a screen. It's like, in the oh, room. there's a clue on the screen. Yeah, uh, I don't want to look at it. Oh, yeah. I've looked at it oh. yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And it also did the classic escape room thing where there's at least one puzzle every time that you just feel like an absolute moron for not figuring out. And in this case, I can't talk about it because it would give away the escape room.
0: <laughs> well, we'll cut this out. Which bit was it? I it can't was remember. it
1: wasn't the s <laughs> the is <laughs> <was> in the <laughs> The fact that they the, oh, like like hell, how but... did none of us think of that like <laughs>
0: Well, that's how you. Yeah. So.
1: so that's it. So it must be this number order, like fucking Jesus Christ. We were the f- in that we case. We surely were. Oh, such
0: an idiot. Yeah. Album. So we're here to talk about Avenged Sevenfold's self-titled album, Avenged Sevenfold, and I'm really excited for this episode. I feel like there's a lot to talk about. There's so much to sort of unpack with this album. Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree. You were very familiar with this album. I was very familiar with this album. This was. I'd sort of through the singles on their previous album, City of Evil. This was then the first album I got of theirs, so I'd sort of heard the singles on City of Evil. Thought that sounds good, and then this came out, so I got this album. Okay, and so yeah, so I I knew this pretty well. I hadn't listened to it in years, but Mm -hmm. you know, it's one of those things where you just remember it all. Yeah, basically, you can even you know, I'm I'm surprised at how many times I listen to albums like for the first time in eight years and can still sing along to solos because yeah. <laughs> it's just like it's not even words it's just like how do i remember what yeah. that guitar's doing yeah. but i can't remember to like post a letter tomorrow, <laughs> you know?
1: yeah absolutely i have about eight thousand drum fills in my head that uh, yeah they don't help anyone but if you play a song on and i know the drum fill you're damn right i'm gonna air drum along to it oh yeah absolutely yeah a waste of time did you know this album at all i i mean i don't know if we talked about it when we must have but we did event sevenfold uh, the, the album after this nightmare in mm-hmm. our first season we with did. that which means so far we've done six episodes and we've had three bands returning
0: which is I know. strange
1: odds but yeah i think i said at the time and if not i, I that's the only uh, avenge sevenfold album i've ever listened to and it still is nightmare at
0: the time you mean like you you listened to it for the first time then
1: yes nightmare and i'd not heard yeah. any other avenge Unfold other than like you say i knew the singles from city of evil but mm-hmm. i didn't then listen to the album Right. And I'd never listened to anything. So Nightmare was my first. Did you know this the singles was off this? I knew, it turns out I knew Almost Easy and Afterlife and Dear God, which I think were three of
0: the singles, but not all the singles. Three of the five singles. Yes. Yeah. Ten so- songs and five of them were singles. Yeah.
1: So I knew those three, but I'd never heard the yeah. other two. Okay. So no, I was diving in very fresh.
0: Mm. Interesting. Yes. Okay. Cool. Well, yeah, let's just, as you say, we've, we've talked a bit about their history in yeah. episode eight when we covered Nightmare, which is their subsequent album. But this is their fourth album. Um, so if if you want to get a bit of Avenger Sevenfold history then maybe take a quick jump to episode eight but we'll just say that they're an American metal slash rock band I mean that this album definitely is sort of in the middle of that transition they're still yeah. they were very metal and yeah. then they were suddenly not very metal and, and this is sort of in in that chrysalis phase yeah. of figuring out what they're gonna be I guess
1: yeah absolutely and this is also, we should say up top, the last album they did with The Rev. So a lot yes. of what we talked about with Nightmare was that it was after The Rev passed away and it's like mm-hmm. like a reaction to that and the whole album is about that yeah. and it was the last bunch of songs that he'd written and demoed and then they used those demos with a different drummer and that became the yeah. album. So the whole album is like a sort of concept dealing with his death and this is the last album where he's actually playing the drums on it. Yeah,
0: so yeah. So obviously we listened to a lot of his writing on that album yes. and some sort of demo stuff that had come into it and I think... I think maybe some of his backing vocals and his co-vocals were actually in there. Mm -hmm. But yeah, as you say, this this is the first time we're actually listening to him actually drumming rather than just his writing being drummed by a different drummer. Yes. Which is very nice because I think he's my favourite part of the band.
1: Uh, I agree. Which is saying a lot because Sinister Gates is one of the best guitarists maybe on the planet. And I'm I'm a guitar player. So normally I would gravitate that way. But yeah, the rev is ridiculous.
0: Yeah. I mean, we can get straight into that. You're definitely right. Sinister Gates is one of the best guitarists on the planet, but I don't know if he's one of the most likable guitarists on yeah. the planet. Just just in his style, it's quite like... It's not self-indulgent, but it's very like self-satisfying and that doesn't necessarily serve the song every time. Yeah. Whereas the Rev is just an absolute joy to listen to mm-hmm. and... Air drum along to like yeah. every other note he's hitting because you can't possibly do it to every single hit he's doing. Yes, yes, yes. Um, okay, so this album came out on October 30th, 2007, and it got to number four in America. Not bad. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Number uh, 24 in the UK. Yeah. Uh, being 2007, do you want to hazard a guess who was number one in both of those countries at the time? And I can't stress enough, it's 2007. No idea. The Eagles. Oh. <laughs> Ah, of course. You know, that, that contemporary noughties band, the Eagles.
1: Of course. This wasn't with, was it with their <laughs> Long run Out of Eden? With their comeback?
0: Absolutely. I was.
1: did not expect, I did not know that got to number one. Fucking hell.
0: In both places, yeah. Jeez. Yeah, quite surprised. Is it a good album? You're more of an Eagles aficionado? I don't
1: know that album very well. It's a double album. Right. And I, yeah, and I I know I'm very familiar with their classic catalogue, but I don't really know that of album course. very much. Because even if you Fair go enough. and see them live, they don't play anything from it. They just play all their new, their old songs. Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, why wouldn't they? Yeah. Yeah. It sold over a million copies in America yeah. and about 100,000 in the UK. And at that point, being their fourth album, it was their best charting so far. Yeah. Obviously, as we said in episode eight, uh, Nightmare went on to debut at number one in America. Mm-hmm. And I think their next three albums got to number one. Okay. Um, so this, this was sort of... You know, City of Evil was their major label debut. And then this was their you know, second major label album and yeah. then they were obviously trying to slightly refine their sound and yeah, it was obviously just like a stepping stone of of where they were going to yeah. end up going. But I actually think Nightmare is more akin to the stuff before this than after this. I think um, so. I yeah. think,
1: I, again, I don't know if they're before trajectory or they're afterwards, but I know that this... <laughs> This feels more experimental than Nightmare did.
0: Yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah.
1: I, I don't know if it's because yeah. Nightmare was like that mood of, of what had just happened. And so it's really yeah. dark.
0: Yeah, there's a reaction, a lot more sort of emotion in it, and rather than just sort of experimenting who they are.
1: Yes, yeah. but this has got some real. Interesting choices on it is
0: how I will phrase that. Yes, it certainly has. I can't wait to talk about every single one of them. Yeah, it was self-produced, which I think is probably quite evident yep. as you listen to the album. Mm-hmm. Uh, mixed by Andy Wallace, of course, of course, because he mixes everything we yeah. talk about. Yeah. It won best album at the Kerrang Awards. Yeah. Despite some kind of mixed reviews, mm. um, and they were also up for best international band and best live band at the Kerrang Awards. Okay. So that was pretty interesting. I've got I've got some thoughts about the title of the album because I'm always slightly confused by a self-titled album that isn't a debut. Yeah. Because it seems like a really odd choice to me. Yeah. If if you're gonna call your debut your band name, that sort of makes sense because it's like, here we are, this is who we are. Yeah. But a fourth album, it's not even their major labor debut, and they've just gone, it's called Avengers Sevenfold, it's got Ed ridiculously boring album cover compared yeah. to the rest of their albums. Yeah. I don't know what was going on. Did they just not care? Yeah. <laughs> they gave up. Yeah. Well, it really seems like it, doesn't it? Yeah, it is a very strange choice.
1: Um, it's also, yeah. Apparently it's also called the White Album, but I think that's in the same way that Metallica's self-titled is often called the Black Album, and it's not. It's called Metallica.
0: All right, but I mean, I've, I've never heard that No, before. exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. No one actually calls also, it it. Also, it's not like the Black Album, there's a reason it's called that, because there's nothing on it, like there's a black snake on a black screen. Yeah. So sort of makes sense that it's called The Black Album. This yeah. at least has some artwork. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously, I'm I'm getting slightly ahead of myself in terms of uh, getting annoyed by them already. But <laughs> it's just, uh, you know, it just seems like a weird thing to do. Just like, can't be bothered with the name. We can't be bothered with the cover. It's not a great start to be listening to an album, is it? <laughs> no. No. So I also saw that... Uh, so there's someone in the personnel who I think could be a relation of scruffy wallace oh who's that if you saw him i did not Uh, a guy called rusty higgins oh oh, 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 i've just seen him there he is on on clarinet i feel like rusty higgins and scruffy wallace would be the best of friends absolutely they need to form a (laughs) band
1: right now fiddle and bagpipes or whatever the hell it is yeah yeah
0: well yeah he was bagpipes and then yeah this guy's clarinet oh clarinet yeah quite a nice combo i agree and so i've got a couple of things to like bring up now and then we'll talk about the music and then maybe we'll sort of answer these questions afterwards okay exciting so i i saw that m shadows basically said that um he wanted with this album they wanted to do for their generation of music what corn had done when they came out okay i guess in terms of just like completely establishing a brand and establishing a genre okay um and then also there's a quote from him saying i think kids will like it they just have to get used to it. Okay. And I think that's a really odd way to promote your own album. Yeah. And I think maybe we should come back to that quote once we finish talking <laughs> yeah. about it. That's a good shout. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Oh, should we just quickly do, I know obviously we've talked about them before, but should we do a quick lineup announcement um, just so people know who we're talking about at each moment?
1: Yes, you can do it because it's all nicknames and I, it, it's well documented
0: how I feel about bands with nicknames. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, I'll do this. Then you can do the tracklist. Of course, fair um okay so we've got m shadows lead vocals and backing vocals basically Mm. just vocals yeah um zaki vengeance is the rhythm guitarist uh the rev is the drummer uh and also co-lead vocals on four of the songs and he plays some piano as well uh sinister gates is the lead guitarist and johnny christ is the back uh backing guitarist no bass guitarist (laughs) (laughs) He
1: is the bass guitarist, yes.
0: Hit me with some track lists.
1: Track lists. We have Critical Acclaim, Almost Easy, Scream, Afterlife, Gunslinger, Unbound, aim brackets, The Wild Ride, Brompton Cocktail, Lost, Little Piece of Heaven, and Dear
0: God. Yes, we certainly do. Okay, should we just get straight into Critical Acclaim? We should. Uh, Why don't you, obviously, as you haven't heard this song before... Yeah. Why don't you tell me how you felt about it?
1: So... We, strangely enough, we'd had a discussion prior to recording this episode where I had read during the, during sort of my week's reading of this, while I was listening to it, that their mm. most recent albums are quite prog. They've apparently taken like a prog yes. metal route. Yes. And as soon as this started, I was like, Dream Theater? What are you doing? Mm. It starts with a big yeah. organ and then mm. you get this like, it feels like a rock opera. Quite a lot of this album feel, has that like, rock opera feel for want of a better way to describe it yeah with like big stabs is the orchestra later on um but like big stabs loads of like harmony like everything's harmonized in the intro normally there's normally a big harmony intro before like the the, the riff comes in yeah and this is no different and it sort of starts you mean to go on i suppose isn't it
0: it really is yeah as you say you've got an organ and then like this duelling guitar yeah comes in Which is almost like you're 10 seconds in. It's a bit over the top already, (laughs) Um, the guitar. Um, And then just like M Shadows just does this mass... I'm just going to call him Matt. I can't be calling him M.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we can't call him M and I'm not saying M Shadows.
0: (laughs) Uh, Matt, just like this massive scream and this just like insanely fast chugging comes in. You're like, okay, it's going to be a pretty bumpy ride. Yeah. I feel like I know all the elements already, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I, I... I had, obviously I'd listened to this album a ton of times and because I guess I wasn't very well versed with Dream Theater, I'd never put that connection together before. And then we had that conversation last week, well, sort of during this week. And then every time I've listened to it since then, I'm like, there's Dream Theater, there's Dream Theater. Yeah. Like, it's so obvious once you are looking for it.
1: Yeah, and you know that the Rev loved them, because that's why Mike ended yeah. up drumming. And I yeah. saw this week a list of M. Shadows... Oh, I said M. Shadows. No, he did it. He made me. Um, <laughs> like, top ten metal albums, and Scenes from a Memory right. Part 2 is one of them. What an idiot. <laughs> it has got a guy <laughs> taste idiots as put that in their top ten. <laughs> so, like, I think... I don't know if the rest of the band feel the same, but if, like, the key songwriter is obviously a huge Dream Theater fan... And then yep. the singer, the lyricist, who was also helping arrange things, is a huge fan. Yeah, it definitely bleeds through. Like, I, I would like exactly to does. know what they sound like now because maybe they just sound like Dream Theater.
0: Maybe they do. Yeah, yeah, I mean, maybe you fucking love them now. Yeah, exactly. I, uh, I saw that Dream Theater have just released a new single. They have, have you
1: listened to it. Uh, I think so. I can't remember already. Yeah, I have. Yeah, and it was, it was alright. It sounded like a Dream Theater song.
0: Yeah, I'm sure it did. <laughs> 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 so, we were already get into this and. I'm always, like I'm just trying to pick out where because we had a bit of a difficult time figuring out what was the rev singing last time.
1: Yes, so like we um, it was on that last song that we both loved where he did like the entire chorus and we were both baffled at how good his voice was and he's quite he's yeah. quite a lot on this album he's the guy that does the chorus that I've had enough it's time for something real when it breaks down right yeah that's him and he's got and again like he's got an incredible voice like he should have just been a singer in a band
0: yeah like it feels like there's more. Than just the words coming out of his mouth, like he it feels like there's something coming out of him. Like I don't know if it's more emotion or like he just feels like he really means everything he says, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. And I, yeah, I had to like because the stuff he's playing in the first chorus is like this like
1: mm-hmm. snare roll, like dig-a- dig-a- ding dig-a-ding- ding 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 a ding ding that sort of stuff. Yeah, and I was like, how in God's name is he doing that? And I watched a live video and he's doing it and he's singing as well. And I'm like what a talent he
0: was one talented man wasn't he? he really was he just makes it look like the drumming looks
1: effortless and the singing looks effortless and both of them yeah. are amazing
0: it's like jeez yeah that's the other thing whenever you see him drumming he just makes it look so easy yeah like his body isn't even moving it's literally yeah just yeah, yeah. He's just like like not looking at anything he's just like facing forward he's just yeah. like yeah. just you know just having the time of his life a lot, absolutely ridiculous. And on that note, again, I have the same problem
1: with Matt, which is that his like screaming gravelly voice is amazing, mm-hmm. and then yep. he, he throws in Mister Nasal every now and then. He does. And he I I can't does. get on board with it. I can't get on. board no matter how much it's part of their sound, yeah, it's such a shame because I love, I absolutely love his regular voice. I think it's brilliant. Mm-hmm. And then every mm-hmm. night he just goes, Aiyah! he has to just do that. It's like, <laughs> please, why? <laughs> You want.
0: yeah, it's funny. Um, how do you feel about his political, sort of spoken wordy, ranty bits? It feels like we're in Prison Song by uh, Sister yeah, it
1: does, it does, but less cool. Like this, yeah, the, the apparently the story of this is that he has some friends who are have, have been in the armed forces and served overseas, and gotcha. and it's sort of about the type of person who might do nothing for society but also complain about everything, I guess, yeah, whether or not that's. Yeah. Like, I don't know if he means like people who are like, anti-war or if he just means people in general who might yeah. like, you know, oppose that sort of thing, but not do anything back home.
0: Or also it, it could be the complete opposite. Like he could be, you know, pro-military and things. And it yeah. could be like he's he knows people that, you know, always talk their lungs off about, oh, you know, these people are interfering. These people, are, but, he, but they're not stepping in to actually join the fight or do it. Not that I'm saying I'm either way, but it it could be either of those two yeah
1: absolutely it could be but it's a bit it's a bit macho for me like i i guess yeah like i understand the sentiment especially if he has family and friends because it's quite it was on the other album as well that that sentiment yeah. of like soldiers and it comes back a few times on this album. yeah that's true but yeah it's yeah. just a bit it's just a bit chest beating for me mm-hmm. yeah and then that spoken word bit I'm, i mean we're never big at least in the past neither of us have been fans of spoken word bits and I don't really like this one. I mean, like in in Prison Song, it was just Serge Tankian like giving you a fact about the prison system as fast as he could. Yes, and then screaming, yeah. "They're trying to build a prison!" like that, which was amazing. <laughs> yeah. Whereas this just feels like a guy who's like, like you know, angry at something. A bit angry. Yeah. Yeah. And he's just shouting. Yeah, it's, it's not
0: fact. It's just like, oh, that is you, annoying.
1: You, yeah, I don't <laughs> like the way you think, Mister. <laughs> All right
0: yeah it, yeah actually it's very hate-breedy isn't it yeah way? it is a bit hate-breedy yeah I, I really like what they do with the chorus in this song because the first time because guitar wise it's just like these chords ringing out and it's actually quite like a open structure yeah and the first time round the rev is just doing this you know quite just standard beat so it, mm-hmm. it, it gives the chorus a nice slowed down feel yes after that verse and then the second chorus he just ups, you know, how many he's hitting every beat, yeah. basically. And suddenly the chorus just sounds like this absolute, like, bullet time. Just like... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, massive. It's, it's really impressive how just one part change can, like, completely change the sound of a section where everything else stays the same.
1: Absolutely it is. And Absolutely. they do a classic
0: Metallica third verse after the solo. So yeah. Gotta love them for that. You gotta I mean, love it, them. We, we should say this is like, this album's, what, 50-something minutes long and it's only 10 songs. Yeah. <laughs> Six of them are over five minutes. Yeah. Uh, the shortest one is three minutes 55. Mm-hmm. Talking of which, the, that is next almost easy. So this is one of the ones he knew. Yeah. I, I quite like that it's just straight in, full band, you know, the solos going over a riff rather than just like dual soloing yeah, just sounding like, yeah. look at us.
1: Yeah, yeah, so this sets the uh, scene for... They don't necessarily all start full guns blazing, but every mm-hmm. for the first eight songs on this album... Every other song comes in at that yeah. exact tempo. Yeah. Every single one. I know. It's like yeah. slow song, yeah. fast song, slow song, fast song, and it doesn't stop. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, like, I agree with you. It's nice to be like straight in with that thing and that guitar part is cool over the riff. There is, just to quickly mention this, that I might, I'll link in the description. There is a video online of The Rev. I don't know if he's recording the drum track for this, but he's certainly playing the entire drum track in the studio. Okay. And you can just hear, okay. all you can hear is his drums. Yeah. And it's, and it's an absolute wonder to watch. It's just four minutes. Please, please link that. Yeah. He, he just walks into the room, pops his headphones on.
0: It's like, it's, it's unbelievable. Because his drumming in this song is insane. It's stupid, like, yes. That ride symbol in the verses is just yeah. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> like... I don't know if those must be more than the sixteenths, right? They're like 30 <laughs> seconds. I
1: mean, it's just the fact that he's matching it with his feet and it looks like it's nothing. He's like, you watch him and he's just like, from the hi-hat, one, two, three, four. <laughs> and he's just like, oh, you just yeah. did that. Did you just, you just did that quickly? Yeah. Like, Jesus just Christ. Such a casual man. So, he was so good. Yeah. Yeah, he really was. I mean, to go back to what you said earlier, I realised on my notes listen, when I was finally making mm-hmm. notes on this album, that I'd yeah. basically just been listening to the drums. Yeah. It's one of those bands where like I had to like stop and restart the song and listen to the other instruments because I was just listening to him. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not getting anything from this. I'm just getting drums. And I had to yeah. force myself. Which is so
0: funny because Sinister's style is, look at me, I'm yeah. playing guitar. <laughs> yeah. And obviously the rev is so good that he even like, uh, yeah, just comes him. out through that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's madness. He's so good. So it took yeah. me a long time to like, I had to just keep, basically keep stop starting through the whole album and be like, Kyle, you've not listened to anything but the rev. You can't do that. Yeah. Like you won't have any notes. Uh,
0: it's fine. You can. Yeah. Um, so this is an interesting song because it's, as I say, it's the shortest one on the album and they're sort of known for their multiple sections. Yeah. It's like instead of just a verse, pre-chorus, chorus, bridge, they will do like three different parts of a verse and yeah. then maybe two or three different sections of a chorus and then something after the chorus. Mm-hmm. And, like they love doing that. And this is a very straightforward song in that it's literally just verse, pre-chorus, chorus. chorus. That chorus is so good. Yeah.
1: When it drops to the big halftime feel. And he just does that little cymbal.
0: Those four hits.
1: Ah, every time it goes, I have to air drum it no matter what I'm doing. I have to hit that. Yeah. God, it's
0: good. It's kind of interesting because I, when we were listening to The Nightmare, I absolutely loved their like really brutally heavy stuff. Yes. Like, um, God Hates Us. Yeah. uh, Welcome to the Family and stuff like that. But, Listening to this album, I th- I think it's the moments where they slow down that I actually engage in it more. So like yeah. the, as you say, like the halftime chorus here, I think it just allows Matt to just really sing a lot better mm-hmm. and a lot you know a lot more rather than just hitting these sort of like faster nasally bits. Yeah. So it, it's kind of interesting that the, the absolute opposite of what I was engaging it yeah. with in that album is, is what I am here. But yeah.
1: Yeah, he's got like um like a Chester sort of rasp, doesn't he? When he holds long notes yeah. and stuff in the choruses, and yeah. it's it's always great to hear. So like, I, yeah, I agree with you. It's nice when he when he does it, and he gets quite a few chances on this, certainly in some yeah. of the choruses. And
0: interestingly, I I know this is sort of uh, almost blasphemy on this podcast, but <laughs> I, I think if someone pushed him in the right direction, I think David Draymond could have sounded like yeah. That. I agree, with you. He's got that rasp. He just yeah. He just uses it wrong. <laughs> yeah, but I I think if he was given the chance. Like, if he covered one of these songs, I have no doubt that it would sound incredible. Mm-hmm. It's just their songwriting just doesn't allow for it. No,
1: he has to just bark like a strange <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. little, <laughs> little <duck. laughs> Yeah, Christ. um We'll quickly talk. I know we sort of mentioned Sinister in mildly mean ways, but he is a very, very, very good guitarist. Yes, he's incredible. Yeah. yeah, the solo on this is great. And again, it's that thing I'd forgotten his like weird phrasing like he doesn't he like holds notes a bit longer than you expect and he bends a lot and yeah. then he's like really fluid with his yeah. like like you never yeah. quite know what he's going to do next you know what I mean it's not just like picking at 16th as fast as he can for a 30 seconds it's like it oh. is
0: sometimes oh it
1: is sometimes and it's wonderful but it's like <laughs> oh I might do a quick sweep and then he'll do some legato and then he'll just do a bit of bending yeah. and then harmony and then and it's like oh okay and it's great it's always great to listen to
0: so it. there's a song that I, I really want to talk about solo for that sort of um slidey sort of stuff yeah later on Mm -hmm. but can i just ask like how how does that how does that work because it it basically sounds like he's playing a fretless guitar sometimes how what what is he actually doing
1: i think he's just very good at
0: um (laughs) i think just just
1: genuinely that might be it he's i think he's just really good at that he's just mastered that that style of playing where you play quite low on the neck and then you slide all the way up to the high notes instead of maybe like playing the 12th fret d he would play like yep. the, the third on the B or the seventh on the G and then slide all right. the way up instead of, you know, playing like the, in the same position. So he gets that that whole slide, yeah. which is really, yeah. can be really hard because obviously you have to land exactly where you need to and then bend, but I think he's just yeah. very good at it. So it sounds really fluid and long when anyone else would just go dun, dun, wee. he goes yeah. wee! like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, okay, fine. Um, should we move on to Scream?
1: Yes, let's.
0: Cool. I mean, it's possibly the most Avengers Sevenfold intro you could imagine. Just screaming sort of overlaid on top of each other. Do you know who's doing the screaming? No. Uh, Well, at the time, it was Matt's fiancée, his now wife.
1: Oh, how sweet.
0: Yeah. A lady called Valerie Sanders. That's his wife. Okay. I guess that makes sense because his name's actually Matt Sanders. Matt Sanders, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Valerie Shadows. Um, Yes, it it started... (laughs) V Shadows. Sorry, yeah. A, that's what it should be called. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it starts with her screaming and then just this, just like really chuggy sort of strange riff because it's like really high chugging. Yeah, which, and, yeah. And you've used yeah. all the wrong notes.
1: Yeah. It's like,
0: okay, sure. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Um, and it's, weirdly that riff then carries on into the verse which mm. i don't know if that ever happens in their music no you're right it's it's very very uh like
1: few and far between that they continue something for more than four bars especially when matt starts singing
0: yeah because usually they change the section yeah or it actually is the chorus yeah uh rhythm which which is more likely but for it to just continue into the verse is is very strange for them yes and then you get that great pre-chorus. I love I've talked about this a million times. I love a slide
1: riff. that I learned any riff that starts yeah. with a slide. I'm a big fan of it. It's very dime bag. It's very dime bag. Yeah, absolutely. Tom Morello loves yeah. a slide riff as well.
0: Yeah. So yeah. good. Um and there's a line when he says you wasted all your time and he holds time yeah. for like an inordinate amount yeah. of syllables. <laughs> like he can really show off his range there because he's just like hitting every single note in that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all the way down in, uh, oh, yeah, yeah yeah all the way down it's just like yeah, see, so yeah, i'm amazing yeah yeah <laughs> and then it does all these really complex things like i mean that verse riff i guess in terms of avenge sevenfold isn't actually too complex but it still sounds pretty impressive mm. and then matt's doing this quite impressive singing and then you get into this chorus which is super poppy and bouncy yeah because the Rev is just doing like a nice open close on the yeah, hi-hat, duns, which you stats, never duns, hear. Stats,
1: duns, yeah, like completely <laughs> unexpected out of nowhere. Yeah. 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 It certainly sounds like it's it great. should be on the radio. It's got that like, do you know the way um, BYOB by System of a Down yeah. has that really weird yeah. chorus
0: that's just all of a sudden <laughs> it like... It suddenly turns into like an R&B yeah, song. Yeah,
1: it's like, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah it's got that exact yeah. kind of dichotomy.
0: Yes, it does. Uh, what do you think about the solo in this
1: I song? mean, like, I mean, as a, as a guitar player, a technical guitar player, I love it. Yep. As a songwriter, yep. it's a bit strange that he just sort of goes, one, two, like as fast as it's like, someone like dared him yeah. to just like, do, you want to do the stupidest yeah. solo you can imagine. And he's like, yeah, right. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's it's so showing off. And it, obviously, it's an insanely impressive Oh, absolutely solo. it is. Yeah. Like ridiculously so. Yeah. But, what's he even saying like, yeah there's no storytelling in that no. at all no
1: and you would never if this, if you played someone the start of the song through the chorus you would never say mm-hmm. what do you think the guitar solo sounds like in this song and they would go <laughs> oh i bet it's this yeah it,
0: like it's pretty no. silly and then it gets into that shreddy like bit where it just like it, it like does the same thing but then ends with these really long sustained notes like yeah. every single time and again they all seem like the wrong note yeah <laughs> like, she's like where are you going with this
1: Uh, i love it
0: i wonder if they play the song live and if he actually completely does that solo or if he just like noodles around it yeah just makes it up every time yeah because even mark tremonti sort of noodles around stuff sometimes yeah he he comes out with solos
1: like he'll he'll do like a different phrase to end because you know you can't like hold the note through the chorus like you do on record so he'll just go like back to the chorus
0: yeah Um, and then this is one of the ones where like after the solo at three minutes 20 it just completely becomes dream theater yeah for me like yeah yes it does Afterlife. yeah
1: so again we start with strings it lulls you in and then and then we're straight (laughs) in with
0: yeah then we're
1: back to the double time yeah another harmony
0: intro over the double time riff they love those dueling guitars don't they they really do back to
1: back on stage i realize they must have hired zaki because he's left-handed just so they could do that i reckon
0: probably yeah they're like, you have to be a good, good guitarist. You have to have black hair yeah. <laughs> and you have to be left-handed. Yeah, I bet he's right-handed. I bet they made him relearn. <laughs> I bet Sinister Gates is probably actually left-handed yeah. <laughs> and he's just like, yeah, I could just do it both. Very- uh, yeah, it, it
1: doesn't matter to me. I'll just do it this way.
0: It's fine. Yeah, yeah. If, that, if that's better for you, I'll do this. Yeah,
1: <laughs> So good. But then you drop down into yeah. that, that verse riff. So this might be the only... I know how to play the verse riff of this and I feel like mm-hmm. I've known how to play it since it came out. And I don't know why. If, if someone ever said, can you play any event Sevenfold? The only thing I can play is Dilla dun 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 That's all I can play. <laughs> and so every time it comes on, I'm like, yeah, what a riff. And, uh, it's such a good riff.
0: It is. It's very Metallica, isn't it? Oh,
1: yeah. So Metallica.
0: Yeah. Because it's just like the proper Lars drumming during yeah. this. Yeah. And I know that... I don't know if he does it did it live or if it's just in the video, but I remember every single time... Like every single round the of flip. that. He, he does, yeah, he flips the sticks this like stick every time. Trip. Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah.
1: one flip, one flip, one flip, one yeah. flip. Like, yeah. It's like, oh my God.
0: Yeah. Um, and it's, I think it's actually really rare that you hear one instrument by itself. And mm. going into the first verse on this, you hear just one single guitar. Yeah. And then just the bass as well, which is really nice. It is. Like, the thing is, Johnny must be an insanely good bassist, but he never, he's underneath Zachy and Sinister. Yeah. And he's competing with the rev. Like, yeah. There's no way he can shine because he's just like the bass is never going to come out on top of those things. No. But he must be a very, very good bassist. So yes. it's kind of nice to hear him actually playing in this verse because it's it's quite open guitar wise.
1: Yeah. It's like if you watch um, John from Lamb of God, who's like matching them yeah. on their riffs. Like everyone yeah. knows like Will and Mark and obviously like Chris yeah. used to be the drummer but like behind yeah. them Johnny's just going like D-d-d-d-d-d-d-d. like he's fucking absolutely yeah. like matching and it's like poor guy like no one's ever going to pay yeah. attention to him and he's as good as the two guitarists
0: yeah I know it's so sad isn't it yeah it is so sad how can we how can we get justice for bassists I do not know <laughs> Justice for Johnny, come on! Just, come on! <laughs> we'll get that as a t-shirt.
1: We were <laughs> just, just literally, just, just no picture or anything. Just, just for Johnny. No, no. Yeah, sure. But yeah, it's cool. Like, because you've got that great riff, and then it drops down into the double time where you say like again, where it's just the bass and the drums. Dun, 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 dun. Everything drops into yeah. the octaves. It's. I mean, it's cool. And I love the the stabbing pre-chorus. Da, diga, diga, da, diga, da, diga, oh, diga, da,
0: love that bit.
1: Anything like that, I'm a big old fan of.
0: Yeah, and then you just get this huge like sing-along chorus. Yeah. Which is like it's not a ballad, but it's not, I don't know what it is. It, it also feels like, like when you get into the second time around, it always feels like a Broadway yeah. song as well. Yeah, absolutely. Which obviously we'll, we'll, we'll get to later. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> oh God. Yeah. I don't know. It's, they they definitely edge between a lot of these different things don't they
1: the thing they do in this with the lyrics is also something that i link to dream theater which is that they mm-hmm. like make up a scenario and then tell a first person story from it so this is like a guy do. who's died too young and wants to escape the afterlife and he's like try and he's like talking as if he's dead i'm sure plenty of bands do it obviously But there's lots of dream theater prog songs where it's like, oh, this is a song about a vampire that creeps into someone's room and like sucks their blood and then makes them a vampire. And then the whole song is just a guy like, I'm a vampire. You know what I mean? And they're telling this like little five minute
0: story. It seems like such a large amount of work as a songwriter, because it's like you've got to give so much exposition because no one has a clue that this is going to be a song about that thing. Yeah. That you can't actually write the song that you want until you've told us exactly what it is yeah you have to set the scene in the first like two
1: verses and a chorus
0: yeah it's really impressive but I I don't know if it's worth the work yeah um should we go to gunslinger uh sure unless you want to quickly talk about how good the solo in afterlife is it's an amazing solo yeah and it's it's got a lot more storytelling than some of the previous ones yes it's got a lot of like trivium-esque phrases in it it does yeah yeah which is great and I actually think listening to it analytically this week I think some of the best parts of their songwriting is the post-solo section where they either go into a bridge or just transition back to the chorus. It's never like a sustained note straight into the chorus like a lot of rock bands would. But there's there's always some other riff that comes in and it's a completely new part and I, I think they are always really interesting.
1: Yeah, the one on this is just like, I think it's just the pre-chorus or so it's the same sort of feel of like stabs, but with like yeah. M. Shadow's just laughing over the top of it as yeah. like as like yeah. Sinister does like a dive bomb. He's like, Woo! and he's just like, yeah. it's very strange. It's
0: <laughs> complete chaos. Yeah,
1: and then back to a chorus.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty interesting. Okay, well, talking of sort of things that weren't, at least it's a very tenuous no I'm not even going to do that um, <laughs> Gunslinger how, how do you feel about Gunslinger that's a very different song to the rest of the album so far at least
1: when it started I, it, it makes me think of uh, do you know Good Time's Gone the song that ends Silver Side Up by Nickelback Yeah, it's like yeah. a country song with like a lap steel yeah. that sort of sound Yeah, and I was like Oh, this is cool. This is like a good time's gone, and it's only a good time's gone for the first sort of minute and a half, and then it's an event time. It is, yeah. But I don't mind a bit of like a country acoustic, you know, picking to down to down, yeah. that sort of stuff with the slide like, I think it's
0: even like more than country. It sort of feels like, like old timey Wild yeah, yeah, West yeah. to me yeah, rather than just yeah. country. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't feel like you'd play this in Nashville. It feels like you'd play this like on the plains <laughs> in the 1800s. <laughs>
1: As a cowboy. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, not me, but him, <laughs> maybe. Oh, I mean, obviously, he quietens down a lot in this song, or at least in the first half. So does he get... How do you feel about his softer voice? Because I think it gets a little bit naslier, I guess, in that section.
1: Like, again, I don't I don't mind it when it's not the full... There's something about the, the juxtaposition of that, like, carnivalesque dun dun-dun-dun, with him going, ay-ay, Ay, that... Maybe he doesn't come across as as bad on the acoustic. And he's not full nasal, which is when I really dislike yeah. it. Yeah. But yeah, like his soft voice is okay. Again, it, it can be a bit earnest sometimes, which is obviously a stupid thing to say because someone like, you know, having emotions and coming out through their voice. How
0: fucking dare they.
1: I know, but it's more, I think it's more the lyrics. Sometimes the lyrics are a, yeah. bit, are a bit cheesy. Yes, they certainly are. And over an acoustic guitar. Yeah, it can be a bit, bit overload in terms
0: of the cheese. It can. And then the full band kicks in. Yes. And it's not just like a... Just a band. It's like he just screams. Yeah. The whole band come in and sort of like the most Pantera riff that Pantera haven't written. Yeah. Like it's so swinging and like groovy. And like ding 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 ding. Like, that. Yeah. like oh So it's so Pantera. It is, and I love. And it. I can say that now as someone who knows. Yeah, you,
1: you can. That's what I imagine Pantera sound like.
0: Yeah, but yeah, I I really like when it kicks in. I think I think it's great. Yeah, absolutely. And and then the solo sort of feels completely in keeping with the song i think his ballad solos are actually much better than Mm -hmm. his like fast-paced metal solos because obviously they allow him to just show completely off like how good he is but i think storytelling wise and fitting into the song i think his ballad solos are just far beyond the others
1: yeah it's like and it's really like comes and goes it's not like you say it's not like a front of the stage pyrotechnics watch me it's just like a lovely little like maybe 16 bars of like really melodic and then yeah back to a chorus yeah
0: it's cool yeah and then before we know it we're back into the with unbound how do you feel about unbound
1: they're like this i don't know if it's just because it's like the third one of the oh here's the next fast song in the album yeah but it's okay. Like, it starts again. Big chords, another harmony guitar.
0: Yeah, another one.
1: And then you get a very... Maybe the first sign of where we're going to go with track nine. But the verses are just rolling snare. And some piano doing... Yeah.
0: like Basically like a soloing piano yeah. straight away. Yeah. Which yeah. is unexpected. To say, yeah, yeah. To say the least, you're not ready for yeah. that after what you've had so far. No, not at all. Not at all. Uh, are we thinking that that is the Rev playing that piano? Because he says... It says he plays piano on the album, but then there's another couple of pianists listed as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Because I feel like there was talk of him playing piano on Nightmare as well. The song we really liked at the end that he sang on was like piano based. Yeah. But I don't remember if it was just like chords. I don't remember it. Not to say he can't play flashy stuff, but I don't remember it being like this. So yeah, yeah, maybe he's more uh, mood setting piano and then they get someone else in for like flashy solo stuff.
0: Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah. I, I think this song suffers from some of the things we talked about in episode eight where when matt's singing and there's just soloing during those sections as well especially with piano doing the same it all becomes this really fast high-pitched noise mm-hmm. and it just becomes like super harsh sounding it's really frantic and there's no separation between actually the band and the vocals and it just becomes it's just like it's one of those times where you just like Taking your headphones off because it's just like, hang on, I can't even yeah. like make sense of this sometimes.
1: Yeah, that's really apparent in the chorus of this because it doesn't change pace. Yeah. it stays full mm-hmm. speed and mm-hmm. like underneath it, sinister is doing like a like a like a high melody part, and it's just like what, which, what am I latching onto? Like where exactly? Where's the song? You know what I mean? It's just like lots of people playing as fast as they can, and then you get that absolutely fucking mental bridge where. It jumps into the 12-8 swung like out of nowhere. And and like the revs going fucking all over and it's super sweet. And then like Matt comes in with a bloody choir, and then it's mental. Yeah,
0: I think I think it sounds great with him with a choir behind Oh, absolutely, it does. But it only happens for two bars and then it disappears again. Yeah. Which is kind of annoying. Yeah. And then the choir come back in, but it's just underneath sinister soloing, but not really soloing. And it sort of just feels like They weren't really quite sure what to do with this song.
1: Yes. It's like they got the choir in and the kids. Yeah. And they were like, oh, yeah, we need to do something
0: with them. Yeah. And that's when things that are self-produced become a bit lost because it's like this isn't now just five guys in a room. This is a choir. This is an orchestra. This is all these different elements and other musicians and singers. And there's no just completely objective voice saying this goes here. Yeah they just like don't do clearly <laughs> a bit lost <laughs> yeah exactly yeah they yeah. clearly a bit just like wading around just trying to find out what they need to do yeah and annoyingly it ends up with two rounds of like a little girl singing yeah. <laughs> Matt's melodies which I've I've always thought like are his melodies like, what are his melodies? Do they make sense? Do they Are they good? And you hear another voice doing them. You're like, oh, this is really fucking weird. Yeah. Like, with any other voice, it's just like, oh, yeah, th- this is a really weird song. Yeah. Uh, it's, and especially because I don't actually think she's a little girl, but she has quite a, a young sound. Yeah, yeah. Voice. It's actually his yeah. fiance. So uh, <laughs> could be her again. No, I think, uh, I mean, I, I should credit her. There is a, a voice. It could be. So we've got backing vocals on Unbound by Zander Heir of and Anne-Marie Rizzo. Okay. Um, but I don't know who either of those are. And no. they're not part of the choir. So I think it must be Anne-Marie Rizzo, right? Yeah, I would assume so. So yeah, I think that's probably the first point that we get on the album that we're like, okay, this is getting quite experimental now. Yeah,
1: I think I think the back half is where it, it becomes a lot more... They try a lot more things, maybe. Yeah, should we go on to Brompton Cocktail? Yeah, so speaking of, the intro of this is just like maybe like a sample or some like
0: weird high-pitched weird noise and you get some like bongos yeah it sort of sounds like there's a very far away campfire yes (laughs) midsummer type sort of vibe going on in the distance yeah also just before we get into it did you know what a broncton cocktail is
1: no i did after this week sorry i didn't know before that but feel free to tell
0: everybody what it is so it's a, a cocktail of like different drugs basically that was given to patients in palliative care basically to sort of relieve the pain like right at the end Mm -hmm. of their lives and it was made up of heroin or um what's the what's the stuff you get in uh hospitals that's an opioid morphine morphine yeah so it it was made up of heroin or more commonly morphine cocaine and then pure alcohol jesus which and i was i was like well that seems like some medieval sort of medicine right there it was End like in the most prominent time it was used in the mid twentieth century. Oh God! (laughs) So like in the fifties, this was going on. That's crazy. That is crazy. Jesus Christ! Yeah, again, we get like a really weird, like experimental structure to this song. It's like this really dark sounding strings arrangement, and it's just Johnny underneath, just Mm. like hit, like constantly hitting that open E string. Yeah. Which I, I guess he's actually down tuned, but it's quite. I don't know, I don't think I've ever heard, like, a low-rumbling, consistent bass guitar with violins before. Yeah, yeah,
1: That sort of, like, dun, 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 that, like, really low... Yeah. It's got, like, a really cool feel. Yeah. Yeah. It's a cool... Especially on this album, like, you know, it's a nice... Like fresh take.
0: And then we get the rev doing again, just hitting the snare on just like ding, ding, ding. Like in that pre chorus where he's hitting like on every yeah. sort of almost like on every big syllable that Matt's yeah. saying. Yeah. Which is just, yeah, it's really cool. It's sort of just offbeat sometimes. It's it's very cool, yeah. And I, I sort of feel like this song isn't a hugely strong one. Like it's weird because it's very experimental, but at the same time, it feels very album tracky, which yeah. I know is a very strange thing to say because it's feels very different but also just very sort of run of the mill yeah but somehow that happens i don't know
1: yeah no i absolutely agree with you i think those two unbound and brompton are like middle of the road like middle of the album and sort of middle of the road for me
0: yeah does that mean you
1: love lost i don't mind lost it's, we're, back to, okay. we're back to full speed. Yes, yeah. And we uh, were listening to this. Tell you what this does have. This has exactly what you've said a bunch of times, which is that the verse, the riff that comes in before the verses and then after the chorus before the verse, which is like that like tremonti esque is so good yeah. and it's so wasted not yeah. being a full riff. Because <laughs> the, 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 chord, the I know verse it. is just like big chords and like a minute yeah. before he's playing this, like, and it's amazing. And every time it's... I'm like, oh, please keep playing that. And they never do.
0: Yeah. No, they never do.
1: But um, like when no. we listened to this at my house the other day, while we were playing Overcooked, yep. just so we really set the scene, we were playing Overcooked <laughs> and we were listening to this album because neither of us had listened yeah. to it for a while. So we were like, yeah, let's stick it on. Yeah. Then, when the chorus came on, you were like, oh, it's... Yep. Who invited Cher?
0: <laughs> well, I mean, with, it, with good reason, I feel. Oh,
1: absolutely. So it's actually a sound like... I don't mind it, and I don't know if that makes me a psychopath. When I was in school, right, my music... I think it does. <laughs> my music teacher, uh, Steve Mildenhall, if you're ever listening, Steve, I love you. Um, he, like, for my, basically my sixth form years, he had become mm-hmm. obsessed with vocoders, which is like auto-tunes. Like, I yep. for anyone who doesn't know, a vocoder is you can sing, like, a melody, and then, or just mm-hmm. sing, and then you can play in the piano, and that warps the, the vocal track, so you can play, and it ends up sounding yep. like an auto-tune, because you can make a voice do some ridiculous shit. And he became yep. obsessed with it, and everything we recorded, every piece of coursework, he'd be like, have you thought about sticking a vocoder on that bad boy? <laughs> and, like... Wow, that is a strong option And it was was like,
0: compli- always push.
1: Yeah, and it didn't always work, and he wasn't, like, adamant that it had no. to stay, but, like you know every now and then he'd like come in and be like try a vocoder and sometimes honestly it was genius and he was an absolute hero wow. a legend and i love him i've always loved him. okay but i think since then i like i don't mind it because i spent like two years just trying it and doing loads of shit with it it's quite a fun sound i, I don't mind it. you know i don't like when someone okay. auto-tunes their entire performance because they can't fucking sing like
0: that like t-pain
1: exactly that can piss right off yeah but when yeah. it's like used as a an accoutrement like a you know a yeah. I don't mind it I don't mind the sound of it um but it is Fair very enough. silly I agree with you like it is a completely unexpected as well like they're just oh that yeah. backing vocal is auto-tuned
0: yeah well it's the main vocal as well really yeah because like, he's doing his own backing yeah and he's just repeating his own line and they're sort of both coded in in a way yeah and I just think it's because it's not used very often at all it does remind you of Cher because yes. he famously used it yeah and obviously she's not the only one to use it, but it, so it just comes up in this album. As you say, it's completely out of the blue. Yes. And it's it really, is. it's very over the top. Like it's not even subtle. Mm-hmm. It's really in there. And you're like, why did that happen? Yeah. Where, where was that decision made? Yeah. Was it like, did he completely miss the notes and they didn't have another like, <laughs> time for another take? Yeah. Did he just, because they produced it themselves, did they go, let's try that. And they forgot to turn it off when they realized <laughs> it sounded awful. Yeah. Who knows?
1: Ah, so good
0: (laughs) yeah um i mean i'm I'm really not a fan of this song okay not not just because of that but i just think like it doesn't change pace at all which i think is something that they do a lot of really well that they do change pace and change things going on but it's just the rev like smashing it Mm -hmm. like completely but it's the, the whole the song is the same tempo and there's no dynamics really and I think the solo in this song is absolutely bonkers as well.
1: That's the one. Oh, it's at the end, right? It's over the outro. They do two choruses
0: yeah. with the rev like singing. The, the one that I sort of mentioned yeah. earlier, where it's just completely like slidey, fretless, yeah. wobbly, like it just ends in that massive sustained note. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, it's too much for me. Too
1: much. Well, talking of too much, should we talk about A Little Piece of Heaven? <laughs> yes. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so what we need to talk about firstly is the storyline of this song, which is uh, fucking yeah. awful. And it's just hideous. It it's, is. It's disgusting. I barely want to talk. Actually, you can talk about it, Rich. I'm not going to talk about it. We can take it in terms if you want. I'm sorry.
0: No, no. I'll, uh, I'll quickly go through it without any details. How's that? That sounds perfect. So it's basically about a guy. It's first person again, as they like to do. Mm-hmm. It's about a guy who brutally murders his loved one Mm -hmm. and preserves her body so he can eat her and do other things to her and then she comes back to life and kills him Mm -hmm. and then he comes back to life (laughs) and they go on a killing spree together yeah like true well they get married obviously of course they get married because they weren't married before they just uh were deeply deeply in love yeah uh but when they both come back to life they realize they actually love each other they're gonna marry each other (laughs) and then they go on a killing spree together yes and uh, it's complete with a full Dream Theater-esque, like, drama, yeah. like, <laughs> radio play, yeah. marriage uh, ceremony. Yeah. I mean, it's very, like, it's a Danny Elfman song, basically. It's
1: basically, it's basically from a Tim Burton film. It's basically a Tim Burton musical. Yeah. It's, like... It is, yeah. It starts with, like, some wind instruments, like, and a choir, like, some, like, mm-hmm. like,
0: like,
1: i mean exactly and that just that da, na, 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 is like tim burton that's, yes. Dan, that's danny elfman right there especially
0: when it's like ding ding, ding
1: ding exactly yes and then yeah and then it kicks in and it's like just like with these chugs but the fucking woodwind doesn't stop the woodwind keeps going so it doesn't make any sense and then oh yeah it's just so what i wanted to ask you about because you might know you you've been listening to this album a lot longer than me on spotify this has mm-hmm. the second most plays after Afterlife. Right. On on this album, the individual track okay. plays. So mm-hmm. people obviously like this or they're listening to it out of curiosity. Yeah. But compared to most of the album, this has loads more plays than them.
0: I think it's a completely fan favourite. Okay. I think people lose their mind for this song. And this is speculation slightly, but it might also be because, I mean, it's completely... The Rev, like he wrote it all himself, and just came into the studio and was like, "I've basically written a musical for us." <laughs> and, like, and like, so the whole composition, the whole story—that's all his brainchild. And maybe uh, once he passed, people like listen to it more because because it was his. And they, obviously, there's a, there's a lot about death in the song, and maybe there was a sort of that sort of element yeah. to it. But I, I think it is just the fact that it's so bonkers that. <laughs> A lot of their like super fans just really love it. I mean, sure. I guess you're probably I mean, right. I really don't. I'm gonna tell you now. To carry on from where we were, my notes say second yeah. verse
1: sounds like a carnival. I do not like it. <laughs> Which is yeah. about sums it up. It just sounds like you say it sounds like a weird musical, but I don't know why. Like who whose idea was it to do an eight minute mostly woodwind song? The Rev. Uh, yeah but like but like you say (laughs) but why did no one stop him
0: (laughs) i don't know he came in i think i also read that so before danny elfman was tim burton's composer he was in a band called oingo boingo (laughs) okay and i think and the other members of oingo boingo are actually in this song so it's it's even more danny Elfman. oh fuck it it doesn't just sound like danny elfman it basically is danny elfman without danny elfman jesus christ Okay. Uh, but it's, it's just got the rev instead. And like, I can't stress enough how much I love the rev as a drummer. Oh, absolutely. But I hate this song. I agree. <laughs> this song's awful. i tell you what, I, when I first listened to it a few times, I didn't like any of it. Well,
1: that's not true. I didn't like the feel of yep. it, but I really liked the chorus, or at least the second half of the chorus. Because everybody's yeah. got to die some time part. But now I don't anymore. Because yeah. Now I understand the lyrics. So now I don't like it yeah. anymore. Because it's yeah, weird I, and creepy. I used creepy. to think the same.
0: I used to think, well, this is a really weird song, but at least it's got this like kind of heartfelt ballad part. To exactly. But now you're just like, wait a second. Not in this context, it No, it.
1: exactly. It's like creepy as fuck, and it doesn't make any sense. Like She comes back, she kills him, and then she forgives him, and they get married? What are you fucking talking yeah. about?
0: I know. So weird.
1: Yeah. And I... I also, it's got an M. Shadow's classic, which is that at the end of Mm. the chorus, he says the word cry, but it becomes cry-yay-yay-yay. Like, just... Of course. Like, makes it into a 20-syllable word.
0: You thought you'd got away with it, didn't you? Yeah. (laughs) So good. (laughs) Yeah. And, I mean, it it gets... um, I'd actually, before I understood the story, I did... like wonder why suddenly this became a male female duet at the yes end. and then like now i know the story like that part makes sense i guess mm. because like you know we, we sometimes listen to these songs where they've got suddenly a female voice comes out of nowhere and you're like well hang on where who are you yeah. like where's this come from like this, this doesn't really make sense yet yeah but now like knowing the story i guess it does but yeah it's uh i, I feel like we could spend an hour trying to unpack that song but yeah i don't really want to really necessarily no okay well, let's just go on to dear god then yeah let's uh okay well you know that feels like the end of the album that last song mm-hmm. like how you do you mean you mean you that want that it song? to be the end of the album because your ears well, you want it in. to be <laughs> the end of the album but also how the fuck do you follow that because you can't just go you can't just go back into that you can't like, you can't do anything, really. No, so you write an acoustic ballad is what you do. Yep, another country ballad. <laughs> another yes.
1: country ballad. The same lovely picked guitar, lovely
0: like lap mm-hmm. steel or slide or whatever it is. There's a goddamn banjo in the chorus. There is. I feel like they're really good at writing these, like, actually emotional songs. And I feel like they get caught up in thinking, well, we're, we're writing metal songs, so it has to be about this ridiculous subject. Yeah. And I think they sometimes forget that you could just write what you want to write and mm-hmm. just put it into any genre and it works because it's actually what you want to write
1: yeah a song about matt like missing his wife because he's on tour
0: that's fine like yeah. yeah yeah exactly that that's absolutely okay yeah it works and you could put that you could make that into a metal song yeah and it would still work yeah because it's what you feel
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> yes
0: absolutely yes. um so, I mean, do you like this one? Yeah, like it's, you know, it's
1: it's like the single, isn't it? It's, I can't believe it wasn't the lead single. Like, I guess because it would have been a yeah. huge, like, you know, you come off there, City of Evil, and then this is the first song people have been like, what? <laughs> but it feels like a song made for the radio. I know it's six minutes long. The outro goes on and on. It certainly does.
0: I guess there'd be a radio edit. Yeah,
1: absolutely. It would probably finish after that chorus. But yeah. what's not to like this? There's, there's a, a, like a Sin solo at the end that's nice. It sort of trades off between the ears. I don't know if it's him and his yeah. dad. It's probably him and his dad because his dad likes to pop in and play some solos. But. Yeah, You know, like either way, it's just a nice melodic solo. Like, it is,
0: yeah. And I think it's interesting because Gunslinger, they were trying to do something else with it and they got this massive full band kick in. Mm-hmm. Whereas this one, I think it would completely miss the point if they did that. Absolutely. So it just, the full band does come in, but it's really subtle. Just the rev sort of, you know, 50% intensity, yeah. a little bit of noodling to like suggest the idea of an electric guitar in yeah. there. And then the full band just slowly come in. And I think that's really smart songwriting. There's a little bit too much vocalising for me because I'm not a fan of that. Just like, oh, whoa, whoa, stuff. <laughs> and I, especially like, there's a there's a woman's voice doing that. And I feel like if you're going to do that in your song, you've got to like have earned it. Like you've got to mm-hmm. have done five minutes of wailing your heart out to then yeah. end the song with some vocalising. And she just comes yeah. in, vocalises and then leaves again. Yeah. She's like, well, what are we doing? <laughs> She's not even credited. No, uncredited. Yeah. It's probably the rev. <laughs> yeah, it probably is, and it's just side. I don't know. It's kind of weird. It just fades out, which is weird as well. Yeah, it is because it's that bridge riff and then the outro riff is quite like not sinister, but it's
1: certainly not as upbeat as like the maybe it's Zachy. Hi, oh, hello. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like it's a weird feel to end this song on. Cause it's such a big uplifting, you know, like you said, like emotional yeah. ballad. And then you just get two minutes of this, like, duh, 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 that just slowly fades out Yeah, with some harmonies. It's like, yeah.
0: Okay. It's, a, it's also quite a strangely uncharacteristic solo of him because mm. there's lots of stops and there's lots of like, you can actually yeah. hear the, the notes rather than just like sliding around. Yeah. Which, I mean, maybe it's just him showing that he can do other stuff. I don't know. Or maybe as you say, it is his dad. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Can you can you end an album with a fade out? Can you, like, legally, can you do that? <laughs> you shouldn't. I think morally you shouldn't, but legally you can. It's <laughs> a Shame. Okay, well, that is the end of the album, Kyle. We're going to come back to those two points that we spoke about. Um, we are. And then we're going to talk about how we feel about the album. Um, okay, so do you think what Korn did for the generation, like, I guess, the late 90s generation of metal, do you think this album does that for the late Naughties.
1: no they did not invent a new if the whole album sounded like a little piece of heaven yes they yeah. invented a new genre of metal and i never want to listen to it ever again yeah but other than that which is admittedly a very experimental and a few bits here and there yeah it's just a it's just, i mean i don't know the album before but the singles backcountry they sound like this to me
0: yeah a bit heavier i guess but yeah yeah
1: but it's just more of n sevenfold riffing big choruses yeah screaming you know like solos um yeah and that's not, that's, I'm not saying how dare they, they've not invented a new genre. because no, obviously. I mean, I don't think
0: enough. even in 2007, I don't think they're the first metal band to use an orchestra. No,
1: not even close. No. So, no, I don't think they've done what Korn did. And that's fine. Like, I'm not saying, so fuck them. I'm just no. saying,
0: it's a weird goal to set yourself. It really is. Because, I mean, Korn made a genre and set a standard for years. Yes. Like, that's... People very rarely achieve that with albums, especially with a fourth album.
1: Yeah, and Korn didn't do it on purpose. No, Korn... they just
0: sounded like that, and therefore, when they started, yeah. they were like, oh, "Hey, no, no one's ever heard us before." You can't just yeah. suddenly come in on your fourth album and be like, yeah. "We're reinventing metal." I guess Pantera did it, but that's different. But they, I don't, they didn't reinvent metal; they reinvented themselves. Yeah, like, that's true. Yeah, that is a fair point.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, I agree with you. It just seems a weird thing to be like. Right, we've done three albums. Let's
0: do a fourth. But what we'll do is we'll make a whole new genre of music. Yeah. Probably not. Probably just write some good songs. You, yeah, you probably won't. And you might have got a bit lost in that process and sort of <laughs> forgotten what the album should sound like. Um, yes. And, okay, so Matt's comment of, he thinks kids will like it, they just have to get used to it. Do you agree? Do you think that's a good thing to set a standard for your album? What do you think? No, again, I think that's that's trying too hard. I
1: don't mm-hmm. think I don't think you can write something for people to get used to like that seems weird yeah because i've you know taste is so subjective that some people will already like it some people will never like it it doesn't yeah. matter yeah. you can't be like look you'll it'll be shit at first but keep trying like no that's <laughs> i don't think that's no one's gonna do that that's not no, how that works i agree but again like but also they wrote a little piece of heaven and it is weird and seemingly people quite like it so maybe he just meant that one song in which case he was probably right
0: yeah <laughs> could be could be um, okay is it in your hall of fame?
1: It is not in my hall of fame. No. It okay. is um it's enjoyable. Like I for someone who'd never heard them before Nightmare and had a bit of like a there's the, those those the guys that like pose quite a lot and they yeah. you know they're quite showy and I don't yeah. think I'm going to get on with it. I really enjoyed Nightmare and there are parts of this that I really enjoy. I, I love that when they're just being like straightforward Avenged sevenfold. Yeah. I it's great. Like I really like the sound again Matt's voice for the most part is absolutely wonderful. The Rev mm-hmm. is obviously like the genius and and listening to the Sinister Gates is great as well. Like They're just a great five-piece metal band. But on this album, I don't know if it's that, that mindset going in, but there's just towards the middle and then sort of the back half of the album, hmm. it just becomes this... It sort of loses its way for like three or four songs. And yeah, like you say, a few of them are just very album tracky and a few... Yep. One of them is
0: a big piece of shit. So <laughs> well, It's a little piece of heaven. <laughs> yeah, but
1: it's an eight-minute piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> What about you? Is it going to your Hall of Fame?
0: No, it's not. I think it suffers, like, hugely from that thing of just poor tracking, really, where an album starts mm-hmm. great and just ends up bad. I think yep. the first half is excellent, and then it, they just mm-hmm. start doing these really weird things and making these really odd decisions, and it just completely falls flat on its face pretty much after Gunslinger for me, apart from mm-hmm. like, I quite like Dear God. But yeah, apart from that, after Gunslinger, it just tails off very quickly. I think it's interesting because it feels a bit more like an EP because it's so experimental. And like, obviously, Nightmare has this, as we said, like this much rawer emotional thing to it. So of course, it's going to, you know, you you probably can latch onto it a lot easier because there's real things at, at stake there. And that really comes across in the music and... It gives it this darker, heavier tone, which I think is slightly lacking in this, but it just feels a bit like this was a complete, not complete. This feels like a little bit of a misfire and then Nightmare, they sort of stabilised after an odd experiment. So it almost feels like they just did a little EP in the middle of mm-hmm. City of Evil and, and Nightmare and this is what it is and it just happens to be a 55 minute long album. Yeah. And <laughs> some of it's really good, as you say, and some of it really isn't. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: But did you manage to pick three songs? Are they I from did. the
0: first half of the album by any chance? Yeah, they are, yeah. Um <laughs> I picked um almost easy, afterlife, gunslinger. Okay. What did you pick?
1: I picked almost easy, afterlife, and then I couldn't decide between you won't be happy about this, Lost and Gunslinger. So I'm happy oh. for Gunslinger. Oh, we only get to pick one. we're gonna
0: pick one, yeah, <laughs> so it won't be that. Okay. <laughs> Which I think is probably actually I don't know. Um so it's just afterlife or almost easy. Uh, I want Almost Easy for the drums and I want Afterlife for the riff and the guitar solo I mean the, so- the solo in Almost Easy is great it's got a great
1: chorus and it's got revs That the revs just unbelievable playing Yeah, so I do love easy. the drumming
0: in Almost Easy yeah let's do that it's ridiculous isn't it? let's do it sure. yeah cool okay Almost Easy going in the playlist lovely stuff lovely um, is it time to pick a new album it is but we're
1: not picking a new album we're doing one of our Last
0: oh. minute twist a Um What's going on, Rich? Well, as you may or may know, if you've been listening to the podcast a long time, uh, we were rather big fans of Spirit Box's EP, um, self-titled EP, last year. And we said that once their debut album finally comes out, we would talk about it pretty much as soon as it happens. And the time yeah. has come, Kyle. The album just <laughs> came has. out this week. It's called Eternal Blue. And therefore, our next episode... We're going to talk about that. And I'm very excited. Yeah. Um, so that I mean, they're one of those bands, that because they've been releasing singles for like years now, there is obviously some known content on this album. Mm-hmm. There's also a collaboration with Sam from Architects, which I cannot wait to talk about. Yeah. And yeah, I think it's going to be a really interesting one to go back to them and and see how they fare, you know, full length. Me too. I'm very, very excited to talk about it. But obviously our our preconceptions of, you know, Obviously, we're listening to it because we loved their EP and I, I really don't want to be affected by how much I liked their EP. Yes. Like, I don't want to, you know, favour too much or too little because of preconceptions. So, hopefully, it's mm-hmm. going to be a nice objective episode, but we'll yeah. see. <laughs> <laughs> we'll try our best. Yeah. Um, where can people get in touch with us, Kyle?
1: Yeah, we're on Twitter and Instagram at ChewTheMetal. You can email us, ChewTheMetal at gmail.com if you want to agree, disagree, send us album suggestions, be on an episode, you're more than welcome to. Uh, and then if you can also find us on Apple Podcasts, that's the only platform currently where you can leave a rating and a review. So if you don't mind doing that, that's always helpful.
0: Always. Um, okay, well, that's been Avenge Sevenfold by Avenged Sevenfold. We're going to go listen to Eternal Blue by Spiritbox for a week. And we will see you then. Bye! <laughs> podcast where we say take... well cool um oh I'm going to turn my phone off vibrate oh. <laughs> we were rather big fans of spirit box's debut ep not debut ep just all right let me start that again very good